Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 65 with our guest, Vin Clancy. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thank you for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. As an entrepreneur, when everyone is fighting for attention, what makes the difference between being everywhere and being nowhere? I think you'll agree with our guest today that standing out isn't a choice. It's essential in the modern business and social media landscape, isn't it? And he is here to show us how. Our guest was living on less than $100 a week on social welfare just five years ago when he discovered how to ace the game by using growth hacking to get traffic to websites. Within a year, he was running a website, get this, which had over a million visitors a month. What? It had, he had also raised $250,000 in a seed round and was off welfare and had began his journey into online entrepreneurship. Since then, he has created multiple six-figure businesses. He maps out several of the ways he made that happen inside of Ace, that Ace the Game book, alongside a curation of the best voices in the growth, hacking, and internet marketing industries. Help me welcome our guest today right there. It's Vin Clancy. What's going on, Vin? Uh, I am excited to be here. I'm thrilled to hear that. So happy to have you. Let me ask you this. You talk about growth hacking. What exactly is that? What do we need to know about that? So um, essentially, when the dot-com bubble burst in like 98, I think it is, when internet companies wanted to grow very fast, they didn't have a lot of funding. So they had to find innovative methods to grow. Um, so it started out with Silicon Valley companies doing this. And uh, since around 2014, um, I've been bringing those methods to a wider audience. What this means is if you want to grow your business, your brand, your get your art in front of other people, uh, you can use these methods to uh, get more traffic, grow your socials, um, get more customers, uh, and really change your life without having to go through traditional methods such as 
radio, press, um, even online ads um, to a certain extent. So there's a lot you can do in order to get an advantage in life. Um, and I teach about these methods. How did you discover them? Basically on the job training, trial and error? Yeah, yeah. So I, I had an online magazine, Planet Ivy, uh, and I only knew one person in the magazine industry, a girl called Mish. And she said, look, just get traffic to your website. If you get that, you'll get uh, investors, you'll get people who want to write for you, you'll get brands. So we focused on that metric, like how to make viral content um, that would get a lot of traffic. So that, that's kind of how we learned. And then after that, I started to get deeper into the space and then learn more methods that could help more other people. What was, what's at the core of those, the ones that I referenced or your initial ones where you got a million visitors, where you just did something to bring the traffic? What's at the core that made that work? Sure. So it, it's, it's kind of at the core of everything. Um, you need to have nine or 10 things going on at once because only one or two of them will work. So whether that's deals or pieces of art, if you're an artist, like you need to have nine or 10 things. Uh, and so for us, we were writing 10 to 15 different pieces of content a day from an army of about 500 writers for our magazines. Um, and then one of those every day would in some way go viral. Mm -hmm. So, and when one goes viral, that can be up to half a million visitors on your site. So, so every day we produced enough articles that one somewhere would go viral across the social web. You, you mentioned we need to have nine or 10 things going at once. What exactly do you mean? What kinds of things are you talking about? So um, let's say you're running a business. Um, if you're only talking to one customer and you know it's two weeks of negotiations and eventually it falls through, you're in trouble. But if you spend that other time speaking to more people and lining up nine to 10 different things, it doesn't matter if seven or eight of them don't come off. Um, and I know this isn't an easy thing to do, but yeah, everything falls apart, even at the best of times. So it's really good to spread your bets and have a few things going on um, at once. Hmm. You talk about um, we're all fighting for attention and the difference between being seen everywhere and being seen nowhere. And really, as an entrepreneur, so often it feels like um, we're at the ladder. We are nowhere. How can we begin to be seen everywhere? What do we need to be doing? So, you, so start with getting a thousand true fans. And, you know, it's, it's the difference between Y Combinator, the startup accelerator and everyone else. They tell all their companies, you can't scale, you can't grow until you have 100 people who love what you're doing and would scream if it went away. Uh, and so that's, that, that's been my ethos. Mm. So right now, everyone's trying to get, for instance, a lot of followers on Instagram. Well, that's useless if they don't really love you. So like I say, I did a six-figure income from a Facebook group of 11,000 people. You know, that, that was it basically. Any given time, 11,000 active people. Not big by what people think is viral, but those people were commenting on all my posts. Those people were super engaged. They signed up to my email list. They came to my webinars. Uh, they bought my books. So it's all about building that first 1,000 true fans. And in the business space, which people, you know, age between say 20 and 40, Facebook is still the place to do that. And Facebook groups is the best way to do that if you don't want to pay for Facebook ads. I love that you said, yes, a thousand true fans. But if I heard this correctly, you said 
a hundred people who love you that would cry if you went away. That's a great, it's a great seemingly attainable metric. Is that what you said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A hundred people who love you and would would be upset if you went away. Again, that seems attainable. So I can use that, perhaps paint that on my wall in front of me. So that could drive everything I do, right? To try to fill whatever need of the people I'm serving. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I did it a very old-fashioned way through a lot of public speaking. So like fly to Houston, Texas and speak to 35 people. But one or two of those become Everlong fans who comment on everything. You know, oh. that's, that's the advantage of things like that, building that face-to-face -face connection. Wow. So you also, speaking of your speaking, I know you did a 100-day world tour, 11 different countries, more than 40 cities. What was the theme of that journey? So, so that was, um, you know, empowering others to change their lives through growth hacking, through innovative marketing. Uh, so through the same methods that I've been talking about uh, and, you know, getting those to people in real life, you know, that cuts through the noise of a hundred other people trying to do the same thing online. Also, the bulk of that was in 2016. And it was, it was kind of over by mid 2017. Um, by that time, there was like a lot of copycats and other people doing it. But um, mm. being first in a market with an idea is actually another really, really important thing. Um, so that, that's another thing to look at what's emerging and what can be out there. Like when my book came out in 2016, the first growth hacking book, um, there was Ryan Holiday's book, um, which wasn't, which was just an introduction book. There wasn't one that was deep on methods and how to do it. So honestly, we did really well, despite we didn't really know what we were doing in that launch. We didn't really have email lists. We didn't do a launch webinar. We didn't do like follow-up emails. We just launched it on Kickstarter and there was a method to it. I, I can go through if you want, but, um, but it, it was just, it was really good timing on that first book. Um, so mm. when there's something new and people want it, it's an amazing time to join that market. So for an entrepreneur out there, if they are either just getting started, thinking about getting started, or already started but want to advance to their own defined next level, what is the most important thing? Is it finding their voice? Is it the brand? Is it the content they're putting out? Is it the uniqueness of what they're offering? How do you um, categorize all that? Well, it's, it's, um, I, I would say it's some sort of raw talent and raw talent can be learned mm. by really understanding the space. Um, so once you have that raw talent, you need to focus kind of exclusively on getting clients. Um, because once, because if you don't have clients, you will never be able to do enough content every day. I like, I, I've coached hundreds of entrepreneurs and it's generally the ones who have enough clients and have other people working with them that can keep up with the content because otherwise if you're not making money from it you just don't have the willpower to carry on do you have a preferred um method of content i've always liked writing more than video um but I, I, I used video 
for launches uh, and for like special gifts. Um, it, but it used to be that live was pushed very well in the Facebook algorithm. It's probably still the best thing you can do in the Facebook algorithm, but um, it's not, not as good as it used to be, Facebook. So you, I, I want to learn how you, how you got to this point in your life. Cause I know in the introduction, I mentioned that you spent some time uh, living on a hundred dollars a week on social welfare, but take us back to even the beginning, Vin Clancy as a young child, what was life like growing up for you? Um, just uh, soccer. I, I, I like to play soccer all day. Um, so, you know, life was, uh, having as much pleasure as possible and, um, and avoiding pain as much as possible. Um, so that was life, um, through adolescence and into young adulthood. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, the piper has to be paid and, and, and that's kind of how I ended up living, you know, the, the, the government paying my minimal rent in a rundown uh old mansion in new cross south london so um I, I mean that's the thing i've been thinking about this recently and it's something i came up with which i think is very true um having a career is a very good form of self-care um so if you have no money because you, you know you don't have a career you can't eat good food. So like where I am in LA right now, I have my water delivered from a lake. It's like the best water one could drink. I eat 90% organic food. I have a performance coach, uh, a fitness coach. Um, uh, I, I have lots of subscriptions and stuff which help. So, and these all came out of like doing that hard work. It's kind of why I say that, yeah, I wasn't a lemonade stand entrepreneur. I wasn't top of the class. Uh, I wasn't a sports legend. Um, I, I was, uh, I mean, I was less than average. I mean, I, I was mm. the enemy of the world living on welfare. Um, so I just learned from having my ass in the chair um, and just spending a lot of time online learning this stuff. Uh, and I didn't have things like Ace the Game, my book. I, I had to learn by trial and error. Um, but in some form, all successful people did the same, you know, mu musicians spent a lot of time in their room playing guitar. Um, and, and that's, that's really all it comes down to. Can you have the discipline to do that? Um, but yeah, so, so it, it, it went slow and then fast, my success. I think one thing that I, I guess I got wrong in internet marketing was, um, I didn't realize uh, how important it was to have others believe in you if you're doing something difficult. So I, I'm doing a, a, a very different project right now. Uh, and, uh, it's very difficult and, um, it's so amazing to have people believe in me. Um, and I think it's like the most important thing. And it's almost the most important thing in having a coach is every week someone tells you they believe in you. Um, I think for me, I wouldn't say I got lucky, but like the first thing I did within a year, I was given a quarter million dollars for that's, that's a pretty rare start. I, I take it for granted, but yeah, I went from never having, basically never having touched a computer to um, yeah, a quarter million dollars and uh, getting loads of press and Planet Ivy scaling really fast. So I think sometimes I forget that and the people, you know, I'm coaching or teaching, they don't have that. But yeah, having someone believe in you is, is, is an amazing thing. What, what is the missing piece there 
that you went from not having the quarter million dollar investment to having it. What was then, what was done to set yourself up for that? Um, well, I, uh, I'll try and speak about it in economics because there, there, yeah. there be a lot of truth in there. Okay, so 2012 was a very exciting time to start a startup. This was the beginning of the startup wave, particularly in Europe. So uh, the Social Network movie just came out. Uh, so that was just like a massive cultural moment. Um, like if you had an idea for a startup in London and you got some traction, you, you would raise money. It was just this wild time, like around 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, so it, it was the right time to start something. Um, and we focus on just one metric, getting lots of visitors on the website. So like it looked okay, the content was okay, but like we always had crazy traffic and we had three months in a row where we did over 300,000 visitors uh, and that's when we got the money and, and then we quickly scaled to a million visitors a month. But um, so, so those, those were the things, we focus on the right things, probably timing, um, like Facebook destroyed the ad market uh, around 2015, 2016 onwards, like but like when we were starting, you could get $25 for every thousand people who looked at a banner ad on your site. It's just like amazing ad rates. Um, and they disappeared because Facebook took the entire ad market. So some of it's timing. Um, but yeah, focusing on the right things. So today you're clearly a very smart, intelligent, knowledgeable, brilliant man and businessman. Were you always that way as a young child growing up? Did you always have that sense? No, I, I, I had moments of like focus and I had, I had obsession. It's like my sister pointed out. I was obsessed with rollerblades, then video games, then soccer, then um, music. Um, so I, I, I did have an OCD nature. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a running joke with me and my friends, like, we call ourselves like the autism gang because it, it's not normal to spend this much time alone in deep study. Like there, there has to be an element of autism in there and everyone is on the spectrum to some extent. Um, so I, I think there's an aspect of that and hopefully that can be trained. Um, so like, because that, that's what it is. Can you avoid distraction? Can you avoid seeing your friends going down the pub, drinking alcohol? Um, so like all of those things. So yeah, I, 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 I had a bit of obsession, but, um, no, there, there was basically nothing. I never really had a real job. Um, you know, I did telly cells. That was it. And I wasn't good at it before I started my startup. It, it all started from my laptop, which is why like my whole thing is the internet is the first point in human history that anyone can have power. Uh, mm. it's not who, you know, it, it's not how much money you can raise. Uh, every single day, people making a lot of money and, or changing their lives with the power of the social web. So that is certainly uh, one way to put it is that that's level the playing field, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about the obsession. You don't really hear that word in, in this aspect or even in a positive aspect. But if I heard you correctly, you are and were that person you you stayed focused you isolated yourself you had your eye on a prize and just did what it took to achieve that yeah absolutely and and it it just gets more and more intense over time and mm. you build and build um different uh 
different things that make you more productive and your achievements get bigger. And uh, I, I won't swear, but Paul Graham's from Y Combinator said, the only good thing about getting rich is avoiding bulk, like avoiding crap basically. And that's, and that's, that's what it gives you. Um, if you don't need to take public transport home from a night out, you probably, you know, you're avoiding the chance you're going to get mugged or beaten up on the bus. I mean, that's where I'm from in South London. A bit of an extreme example, but yeah, like uh, if you eat good food, you don't get sick. Uh, if you have a personal trainer, you're more likely to do X. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. Was there growing up in your early years, in your teen years, in your young adolescent years, before you reached this level, did you see it? Did you long for it or did you in your later years just sort of see it and, oh, I'm going to go in this direction? Or were you always visualizing this sort of outcome? No, 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 no visualizing. I was like a nihilist for a little while. I had a belief in nothing around 2008. Um, yeah, I, I, I luckily had an ex-girlfriend who, who was like, you've got to do something, um, and uh she she kind of forced me into it and uh, i i'm very grateful she did i don't know what i would have done otherwise um yeah she she was really good for me and turned me around at a pivotal point in my life do you mind expanding on something you said your your year of 2008 what was going on what was your outcome in life so um like i'm i'm globalizing a little but speaking in broad strokes culturally britain it's quite a negative place. It, it doesn't, doesn't have a lot of hope. Um, uh, to, to parallel with America, America, um, I have never felt safer than where I live now in Beverly Hills. Everything's so nice. It's the safest place in the world. You know, outside is oh, America's so dangerous. It's so not. But that's because it's ghettoized. I realized just down the road in Compton that, that, that there's, there's probably some shaky situations there. But in Britain, there's not really many rich people. A couple of people, you know, live with the royal family, whatever. But um, everyone's poor. So everyone's in the middle and everyone just wants to go to the pub and get pissed on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, and and that's, that's reality. So th that's kind of where I lived at. I, I was with like a group of people who were into doing all that, you know, throughout my youth. So um, we were happy to have dead end jobs or live on welfare uh, as long as we got to like party, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's something in that which is interesting. But uh, yeah, so that, that's all we did. So in, in one sense, it was very freeing not to have ambition. Um, but, you know, uh, eventually you end up sick from it uh, and in hospital. So uh, <laughs> you know like the piper has to be paid like i say so it like nihilism um you know you have a belief in something which is partying but um yeah so that, that's where i was at in 08 um you know it's a phase a lot of us as young people go through but particularly in britain uh because there isn't that whole anyone can be president american thing which you know as soon as i tasted that in america but i always knew it would be in america i was just like i never want to go back to england did you know what you would be doing here? No, <laughs> I could have done better with that. I, I but I mean, I'm I was I was industrious by the time I got here. But yeah, I I was just like, ah, I, I'm talented. And then on the first day I arrived, I had a meeting with someone, and it was with a company that made a million dollars a day, and uh, that contract was worth 
uh, a lot. <laughs> that was my first day in LA. It was like, let's put together. That was it. And, and then I was off and it, it was like my, my most prosperous times ever. Hmm. So now you are here and how do you spend your days today? What do you like to focus on? What do you do? Um, well, um, I, I, I can tell you my routine, which is yeah. really good. Okay. So I go to bed at midnight. Uh, I wake up at nine. I exercise for 15 minutes. I have breakfast. And normally I work from 10 till one. Then at one, I have lunch. Then I sleep for 45 minutes. Then I have a healthy shake. So celery, broccoli, you know, fruits, things like that. Then um, I guess at three o'clock, I go back to work. Then I work till 6.30 or 6. And then I, I uh, eat dinner. And then I have, I'm allowed to watch entertainment um, for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes for the first time in a day. Otherwise I watch things that are, you know, that build me. And then I work from 7.30 till 11.30. Then I go to bed at 12 every single day. I mean like six days a week. Mondays, I, I kind of have a half day, but yeah, that's every single day. That's so good. I have these big long breaks. I just need to sleep for 11 hours a day. It's weird. I, I wish I didn't, but it, yeah, it is what it is. Wow. And you have the lifestyle to support it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, yeah, I take it for granted that I work from home and that, uh, so I only take meetings, um, today to Tuesday. Yes. I think your calendar forced me into Tuesday, but, uh, I, I typically only do Monday, Wednesday, Friday meetings. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, I do deep work, like uninterrupted, like the hard stuff, you know, it could be taxes, invoicing, like contracts, anything like that. But um, yeah, so I, I split my week like that so I can have deep focus to do the really hard things. And I take nootropics on those days too. You, I'm sorry, you what? Take nootropics. Yeah, what is that? Nootropics are smart drugs. If you think about a painkiller, it, it finds the part of your brain which is hurting and it sort of numbs it or whatever, but you can activate many other different things using nootropics. Uh, so aniracetam, the one I take, uh, is good for your self-esteem, good for your mood, uh, helps you focus, concentrate for long periods. It's, it's, I've had a landmark forum. It, it's, it's the other silver bullet one can take. Everything else in personal development is, is hard. I, I still don't exercise every day. Uh, it's, it's hard for most people to keep a good diet. It's hard for most people to go to bed early. Like, but landmark forum will change you in a weekend, and aniracetam is just an unbelievable super weapon. And that's um, a pill? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, when you find yourself with millionaires, uh, you know, I'm not saying millionaires are great people, but millionaires and successful people, ask them how many supplements and nootropics they take. I, I can't remember the last time I met, I met one who doesn't take them. They are the secret source um, of massive performance. Uh, alongside all the other things, having coaches, diet, exercise, and so on. But everyone takes them, especially here on the West Coast. Hmm. Um, the, this brand of mine, the hidden entrepreneur came out of spending a lifetime hiding behind fear, uh, and then eventually saying F that noise no more and doing the deliberate work personally in every regard to get myself through all that. Can you share a time in your life that stands out where you were, paralyzed by fear and had to work through it um 
I well, I I was involved in something that happened, uh, and uh, it was bad, and there was going to be bad consequences. And uh, the girl I had been dating, who uh, we weren't, weren't dating anymore, but we, we were still close. She <laughs> she she went to the people who were causing the problems, and she um, she fought fire with fire, and they backed down. And I didn't have at the time the emotional capacity to do it, so I I guess I didn't really solve it, but I, I had someone in my corner who did. Um, so having an attack dog, mm. so to speak, uh, is is important. Wow. And this was um, related to business or personal life only? It, it, it was related to personal, um, like, like, like I say, I, I, I take for granted that my first business thing did really well with raising two rounds of money. Uh, and then off the back of that, I, you know, I, I was head and shoulders above everyone else trying to be consultants because I, I had websites, had 20 million visitors. Hmm. So business has never been hard. So since, since that first time being on welfare, um, I, I've never starved. Um, like everything builds on the thing before. And like my one sheet is just crazy. Like when people are like, what have you done in the past? When I say my one sheet, it's a really good thing for any entrepreneur to have just like, here's all my achievements. It's like crazy. So yeah, business has never been like, damn, this has been a hard thing to overcome. Um, mm. But I mean, I guess coming from where I came from in my personal life, it's just like, yeah, I, I have no fear. It's like when I went to the Emmys, it's like talking to celebrities. Uh, it's just like, you know, it, it, it's nothing to me. I like, I, I, I've been through like so much drama in my young life that uh, like doing this is easy. What was the nature of your role at the Emmys? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Live streamer. I was the only one live streaming, which is quite funny. Uh, everyone else was trying to be cool and like talk to like Alec Baldwin or whatever. I was just live streaming to my audience and having fun. Like, um, so my friend uh, got nominated and she brought me. Oh, very cool. Um, how do you how do you view failure? Um, it, it's a really good question because uh, it, it really helps me with my current project, which is really difficult. Just, it's just kind of like economics. Uh, yeah, things will fail. You just carry on and things work. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but at the same time, strategy is really important. And every day you've got to make a bunch of quite serious decisions um, in order to not have it be what my co-founder Lewis used to be called dead on arrival. There's actually a heavy chance any of your ideas will be dead on arrival. Uh, I want to start a podcast. That's, that, that's one that's really difficult. Um, uh, that's one I keep hearing a lot of people. It seems to be having a resurgence. It's very, very, very hard. The hardest of all the content things to get listeners to. Um, so yeah, so making the right decisions of what to invest into. For instance, I've been B2B up until very recently. So whenever we did Instagram, I did it for clients. I could grow their accounts and so on. You know, I knew how to do the content, but I never set a foot in Instagram or Snap. Um, I was brilliant on Facebook. Uh, I was great on Twitter where I need to be. And I was great on LinkedIn. They're, they're like, they're the business places. So I didn't set foot on um, the things that I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been great at. 
if I had, probably would have been a failure. So it's also about making the right decisions before you jump in. I love that you said you're brilliant on Facebook. If you could briefly take us down that path, what do we need to do or implement for us to be brilliant on Facebook? The first thing is you, you can't post links pretty much ever. Um, if you post links, Facebook doesn't show your posts to people. So show pictures, photo, and video. If you build up a lot of engagement, they let you have a little more page rank for a link. So every six weeks, launch something, um, and then you can put a link to your sales page. But generally speaking, avoid links. That's the first and main thing. Groups are the best way to build an audience, um, not least because um, you don't want to be posting business stuff to your personal audience. Although I, I used to, but a lot of people don't like that. So if you build a group, you can be Mr. Business Guy 24-7 without upsetting your friends and family that you're that they don't like your post so you build a group um and then in the ace the game package there's a like a two-hour webinar on how to build a facebook group so building a facebook group is key um and then showing up every day is 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 the other thing so i i, I used to when i was heavy into it every sunday create 21 posts um sunday night and then just schedule them for the whole week and then go about my week normally if you want to leave it to the day, it'll never happen. You know, you've got to go out suddenly. You've got to do a, a client call comes in. The content never gets done. Do it in advance. I, I, I love all that. And I, I've been noticing, I had a feeling about that don't post links on Facebook. I always knew that, for example, don't post a clip to a YouTube video. They hate that. It's such low engagement even with that. But it even extends to don't put a link to my, to my website, right? Yeah. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Um, I have started to believe in the secret a bit recently. I've watched a film on Netflix, quite a good film. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the universe is happening for me. And uh, you, you talk to people about your idea and then things kind of come out of nowhere. So I, I think you put the intention out and then you've got to put some work behind it. But that, that's like an unshakable belief that you will do it. And you just tell people over and over, you'll do it. I mean, people believe you. Like, well, when you say something with conviction, people believe you. They shouldn't really believe you a lot of the time, but they do. Um, yeah, so, so that, that's a part of that. I, that's, that's such an intriguing statement. I get it. You said if you say something with conviction, people will believe you. But they really shouldn't, you said, but they do. Tell me more about that. It's so fascinating. It's like a human nature, psychology thing, right? Yeah, we, we don't want to be, uh, if we can outsource thinking, we will always take that option. Hmm. Like as soon as we meet someone who can, you know, we go to a store, hey, what's the best TV here? What's the best uh, car here? Uh, we want to outsource that to someone who knows who we think knows more than we do but then we end up outsourcing critical decisions and and really my philosopher is someone who really drilled this into me um like what proof <laughs> what proof do they have like uh i uh I, I was my biggest one of my biggest talks ever was south by southwest v2v 2015 and uh, i won best best work you know best talk there it was like my, I'd only been public speaking about two or three months and I beat everyone. I got, I scored almost a perfect score. 
and I, I came back and, uh, I, and I got loads of business from it. It's really good. And I came back to my philosopher. We were, at, we were watching The Strokes, actually. I was at this concert and I was like, dude, I just gave this talk in America. Uh, it was so good. Um, you know, it went really well. He was like, how'd you get it? I was like, oh, so I sent him an email of all my achievements. He said, did they check any of your achievements? <laughs> no. He was like, well, so I could have done it then. Yeah, it's just like the way he thinks about things is so interesting. Yeah, so when you say things with conviction, anything's possible. Wow, that's fascinating. I love that so much. If looking back on a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give that person? It's, it, I, I mean, I, I think about this sometimes. Did people tell me to slow down on the partying? I wouldn't have listened. Um, someone must have, I, I think. I, I didn't. So, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, what good that would have been. Like, that whole go back and change things, that kind of died with Bitcoin because Bitcoin, as soon as I have one of those thoughts, I always think, no, go back nine years and put $1,000 in and make $200 million. And then it's, it's kind of how ridiculous that whole looking back and change things is. Um, yeah, in, in terms of how, how this question could help other people, um, yeah, you know, just accept that there'll be something you really like that you're going to have to sacrifice. And there's, there's no way around it. If it, for some reason, it's the thing you want the most. Um, you, you're going to have to sacrifice in order to be successful in business or art. So being comfortable with that. Hmm. Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? M music is my spirituality. Is that right? Is that the extent of it? I think so, yeah. I, I think that that's a connection between everyone. What is your uh, preferred genre? Um, and emo, I guess. I hear you. Yeah. What do you believe happens when it's all over? When our time here on earth comes to an end? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that, but, uh, I'm making the bet with the way science and technology is going that, uh, we, we could, I, I think we'll be able to live forever within our lifetime. So, you know, we're young now. We've got 70 years um, before, you know, it's likely we may not be anymore. But if you look at how fast science and tech is going, they've already reversed aging in mice uh, in, in clinical tests in Australia. Um, it's coming. There's a lot of questions. Firstly, will it be expensive to live forever? Secondly, will there be a global event such as a uh, nuclear war or uh, global warming, which just kills the earth outright uh, in the next 70 years? I don't think there will. I, I mean, but that, that's, that's more likely than not being able to live forever. That's, that's, that's an inevitability that's coming. Um, because you've got to stay alive. So, you know, eat your greens and exercise. You've still got to do that absolutely fascinating um what do you what do you think about death do you think about it uh i i, I try not to it's one of the symptoms of depression which i've had so okay yeah. well i will leave you with this final question vin clancy how would you like to be remembered um i i i guess in the in the long term like a modern day bruce springsteen inspiring working class people with what i've done um, and that anyone else can do it. 
Well, from this Jersey boy, I could relate. <laughs> oh, man, I love Springsteen. I'm like, born I and raised in Jersey, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, amazing artist. Very interesting. Such, wow, I, I, I feel like that you, that, that there are just so many, um, so many unique, extraordinary layers to you. And um, I thank you for this, uh, this very candid dialogue. Thank you, Vin Clancy, for joining us today. Very cool to have you. Thanks, man. Yeah, so if anyone wants to dive deeper into the growth hacking and internet marketing stuff, uh, check out acethegame.com, my new book. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can get that whole package you were talking about. That's right, yes. Absolutely cool. Well, there you go. I want to thank you, Vin, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this, take one step forward and put something good into the world. Take a small piece of action. Do something and make good work happen. We're going to do something like this again, not too far behind. Until we do, thanks for tuning in and go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.